What is up, everybody? Hope everybody's having a good Thursday night. Um, talking LAFC versus Austin FC. Big matchup. Uh, it's going on down this this Sunday, uh, 12 o'clock midday game. It's going to be interesting. You got the number one seed versus the number two seed. Um, this is a chalk, uh, the chalk talk. I mean, these two teams have faced each other twice this year. Austin has gotten the better of LAFC um, in the past two matchups. Obviously, remember the, the 4-1 uh, disaster for LAFC. And obviously, early in the season, uh, Austin beat LAFC 2-1. And here to help me uh, talk about all that and also give us Austin FC's um, side and perspective of things. we got Chris Bills. Chris, how you doing? What's up, Gio? I'm good. I'm good. Getting ready to head out there in a couple of days. It seems like this week's getting away from me. <laughs> yeah, man, there's a there, man, there's so much so much going on um just between these two clubs and just so many so many things going on. Uh you know, obviously we got Austin. When do you know when when us when Austin is traveling uh when are they going to be traveling to LA? Yeah, they're traveling tomorrow afternoon, so they'll be in town. I think they're going to practice in LA on uh on Saturday um ahead of ahead of the match on Sunday. So they'll be in town. They'll be in town tomorrow night. And that 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 yeah, that's that's that, that makes sense because obviously uh, they play Sunday at, at midday. It's always interesting, especially with these uh, midday games and all, all the all the and the way they you kind of like um, how they're they're played, right? Because a lot of people prefer these to be night games. Uh, I've come to learn that you know it was uh, whoever I think ABC may have the game. So MLS is up to the it's up to the discrepancy of you know the network. Um, so that's why they have it at 12 o'clock, which is unfortunate. G- give me your thoughts on that, on the midday game. Cause for me, and I think everybody else would, would prefer a night game. Yeah, it's funny. I was, uh, in, in the press box when, uh, I think I, I think it might've been at halftime, uh, when Austin FC was up two nil on FC Dallas and Phil West, our managing editor was sitting there. We were, we were trying to figure out the. Uh, you know, if, if, if MLS had announced what time those games were going to be. And of course they hadn't at that point, but I turned to him and I was like, they're going to put, if it's LAFC Austin, they're going to put it in the, in the ABC slot. There's no way they're not going to do that. And he's like, really? Like the, the East coast, uh, you know, game, it makes sense for that to be earlier, but it's just the way this is, this is, this is the better, ma- this is the TV matchup. Austin FC's had, you know, been on ABC. Uh, they had, sort of a marquee uh night spot on espn uh and the, those right the ratings for those games have been good and of course lafc as well is always going to draw a good rating um so i mean it, it makes sense uh but it's also unfortunate for you guys on the west coast and those of us that'll be traveling out there because it will be it'll be a noon game it feels a little weird but i don't know as a college football fan i kind of the big noon you know kickoff kind of idea is uh, is not foreign to me having a big game, you get up tailgate, you get, you know, you get to the stadium. I kind of like it as a journalist because everything's done and, and there's still daylight left after, after we write our stories and do everything. So I don't mind it, but I, I definitely, there, there is a more of a buzz. I think when you have all day to think about this stuff. Chris already has plans made for after the game. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it, Gio. We're, we're working work- on it. Working on, he's like, hey, I got the rest of the day for myself. I like this. No, I, I get you. Yeah, no, and it's interesting, and, 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 and you make a great point. Yeah, obviously, ABC has first dibs. I think who is it? Fox, who's who's hosting the Eastern Eastern Conference Finals? And yeah, I think to me, it's just like, hopefully, we could get it. Uh, the MLS can get to a day when these games are played at night. Um, obviously, you know, it, it comes down to like the money and the broadcast and everything like that, but. Hopefully there's a day that, you know, the MLS is not completely relying uh, on getting these weird times and these, you know, these these odd times, I guess, for us. I don't know you had mentioned, uh, you know, we're used to it as college football fans and all that. But, yeah, it's it's, it's a little um, – to me, it, it, it's just the growing pains of MLS, and that, and that tends to happen with this league. Uh, but nevertheless, look, the number one – I mean, on a Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon, you're flipping around, you're watching NFL – those games go south. ABC's, you know, that's what ABC's doing, right? They're they're putting an MLS, you know, Western Conference final game on to compete with NFL with when those games are on Fox and CBS. So from a network standpoint, it totally makes sense for them to have it at that time of day on a Sunday. They're going to get the big rating, but I mean, it's unfortunate for the spectacle in the stadium. Is that that's I think that's the larger point that you're making. 
Yeah, well, I, I think on just that point, I just feel like Sunday in America is just NFL, right? NFL football, like, and obviously they're they're not marking this to to the average fan. These are like you know the the, every, the soccer fans, but to me, it's like you know if I already got a ticket to a Rams game where they're playing here uh, in LA, I don't know if the Lakers or Clippers play. Um, I think it's just it, to me it's just an odd time because we got the Rams playing Sunday at one mm. p.m. Um, you know, though, that's why to me it is so odd and I get why ABC wants to do it, but I feel like there's no way ABC is going to compare, compete with the NFL and all those different things. But look, I, I don't get paid to make those decisions. This is just me <laughs> speaking, you know, this is just us, uh, talking about it and having a good discussion because look, if that's how it is, I guess that's how it is. But I think, I think hopefully MLS can push, you know, uh, as the ratings start to grow, as the league starts to go, they can push for a better time slot. And I think, you know, the overall, oh, it will help the league, you know, to have a night game, you know, or, or you know, whatever happens here in the future. Also, another thing I want to mention, uh, SoFi Stadium has been awarded the 2023 Gold Cup Final. Uh, so it's going to be July 16th. So that's going to be exciting. Um, Chris, if you haven't been to SoFi, I highly recommend trying to go to that final. Uh, you know, we're still a ways away, but man, that's going to be exciting. I, 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 you know, being, having an opportunity to go to Rams games there. And now that the Leaks Cup was there, we have the Leaks Cup exhibition matches there. Um, it's a, it's exciting place. I know you down in uh, Texas, you have what you have the, 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 what the Longhorn Stadium, but then you also got the Cowboys not too far. This stadium is amazing. I highly recommend if you can come July 16th. Okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. All right. All right. Let's talk about this matchup. Uh, big matchup. Lot, lots going into. Look, Austin SC has come a long way, right? You guys were the the, the worst team last season. Um, this team's turned around with Josh Wolf, Deruzzi. Um, I'm not sure if they announced the, the MVP yet, unless I missed it. It looks to me like he's probably, probably going to be the MVP. Um, talk to me about Austin because look, they they had they they went to PKs with RSL. They o- almost were knocked out in the first round. They were over. They were able to overcome that, and obviously they, they played an exciting game at home against FC Dallas, two uh, one win. Let's let's talk about the, their playoff run and what you've seen so far from Austin FC. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There we go. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a nervy start to the playoffs for Austin FC. Obviously, going down two 0 at, at home uh, was not an ideal way to start the playoffs. But this team's done that all year, where they find ways to come back, you know, from early deficit, deficits. And so there was no panic. Uh, they were able to to get uh, the first goal and then red card. You know, chasing the match, get a PK uh, in the in in stoppage time that that Sebastian Drusi converts. He scores both goals for them. They go into a penalty kick shootout, and Brad Stuver makes I think two saves, and uh, another one went off, you know, over the over the bar, and they're able to escape. And it really was an escape. And after that, it just seemed like everything was. It just felt like that was how this thing was supposed to start. And I think there was a lot of confidence in the group that hey they got through a bad start they were able to overcome it and then then they were going into the fc dallas match um at home and just played with so much confidence and really trusted the the game plan that josh wolf laid out it was a really tactical i i think it was probably the best coaching performance of josh wolf's career so far uh to out uh to outsmart Nico Estevez, a former colleague of his in Columbus and with the U.S. Men's National Team, uh, they set a little bit deeper than they normally do. They played a double pivot with Danny Pereira and and Alex Ring sitting uh, both back, in, and they've kind of forced FC Dallas to go around them or go over them to get the ball to their front three. And I wonder if they're going to try something similar with LAFC, but it was really impressive how, how Austin FC was able to 
to yes, sit a little bit deeper, but also create chances through Musajite and, uh, you know, off of set pieces, which is something they've done against LAFC as well. Um, and Musajite scores the first goal. Sebastian Drusi scores the second just a few minutes later on, you know, just an outstanding individual play, picking the ball up in midfield uh, on a turnover and, and taking it, driving it straight at the Dallas defense. And uh, there was really no stopping him at that point. And then they they hung on uh, in the second half. And uh, it's just, it was all around a dominant, you know, professional, impressive performance from Austin FC, I think, in that second match. And, and it leaves them in a spot where they're, I think, really confident going into a stadium that they, they've already won in this year. One of only two teams to win at the bank this year. And, and Gio, I'm curious what, how LAFC feels about that, that they, you know, that they get this chance against a team that's kind of had their number this season. Yeah, no, I mean, you make a lot, a lot of great points. Uh, look, I think I think to me, you know, after um, they were embarrassed down in Austin, like, I, like you know, you know, obviously I, I went down to the Austin uh, LAFC game and uh, I, didn't, I didn't expect that. Like I, I said this earlier early in the week, I didn't expect that. I don't think you guys expect that. I don't think anybody in the stadium expected a 4-1 victory. Um, and I was shocked, to be honest. I, I was shocked how LA, how bad LAFC played, how they got embarrassed. Because this, look, it's one thing to lose, but there's another thing to just get embarrassed and, and the, the players that they have. Um, and also, there was, a, there was a transition period, right? There was a transition period um, when they were bringing in new players. I don't think uh, Buongo was there just yet. Uh, that was Gareth Bell's first start. Uh, for LAFC, um, but no, unfortunately, he, he's not looked good uh, with LAFC. He's you know he's he's dealing with some injuries, not been in shape, and all those things. So was, there was a lot of things um, going that Steve Shono had to handle. And but like to me, you still should be able to compete one way or another. You should not be uh, be be able to get beat like that. And I think that that's still in the back of the mind. And I think you know Austin FC has beat LAFC twice this season. And I think, to, yeah, I think you know, I was talking to someone close to the team, and and you know, like they they want to beat Austin. They 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 want to beat them because of what happened, uh, and they, they and they like that. They obviously this game is at home, and look, and to me, I'm just more curious if they're able if they can continue that momentum that they carried from the LA Galaxy from the from El Tráfico, the playoff matchup, to this game because I mean that that was uh, gave them emotions and everything like that, and I think Austin because uh, if you remember Chris, like that was a like a very uh, chippy game. There was like a lot of Maria. I think Maria was was pushing. I don't recall the, the scenario. It was Fagundes. It was Fagundes, Maria okay. and Fagundes over on the. Mm-hmm. No, it was Maxi Ruti uh, first, I think, and then and then uh, Diego Fagundes got involved over on the sideline, and they were like in the crowd almost. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so was, yeah, I, crazy. I, 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 I recall that. So there, there's there's a uh, um, look there, when you have two competitive teams like Austin and LAFC, and at that time both were competing. I think they were competing for the number one spot, or you know Austin. Uh, when they beat them, they they, they kind of closed the gap a little bit there. But you know, when you have when you have two competitive clubs like the ones we're going to see the, the Sunday, you expect you know the the game to be intense and be aggressive. And I, to be honest, I I don't expect anything less. I expect the game to be chippy uh, uh, from the get go. Um, look, it's playoff. Both teams want to win a cup. So I like I like to answer your question. LAFC is looking looking forward to this matchup, and I, and they want to be able to beat you guys. But there's a lot of a lot of things that they'll have to do, and I think the addition of Dennis Bonga, uh will definitely help them out if, if it goes that way. Um, I want to I want to talk I want to talk about a little bit about um, the job that they did limiting Jesus Ferreira, Ferreira uh, and what you saw from Austin FC's defense, or was that just Jesus Ferreira not having a good game? No, it was absolutely the the game plan that Austin FC had coming in that I think frustrated and confused FC Dallas. They they didn't expect Austin FC, who's a team that normally likes to be on the ball, normally likes to dominate with possession, especially at home. They kind of said, "Hey Dallas, you have the ball. You you come beat us." And it was close to 60-40% percent possession in the first half to FC Dallas is probably 55 45 by halftime but it was a situation where Dallas didn't have any shots and hardly any touches uh to that front three of Jesus Ferreira, Paul Ariola and Alan Velasco and those are the those are the three game winners for for FC Dallas and what what Austin did was 
they just stayed disciplined. They uh, set a little bit deeper. They didn't come out and press as much as they normally do. do. And that was part of why Musajite started in place of Maxi Ruti, which was kind of a surprise selection by Josh Wolf. But uh, because they did that, then they had an outlet whenever the ball would turn over. They could kind of play it up to the big center forward, have him hold up play, and then they could get numbers forward and, and possess that way. And they did have some strings of possession that led to the corner kick and eventually the goal. But um, especially as the game wore on, Josh Wolf really leaned on that mid, midfield duo of uh, Alex Ring and Danny Pereira to stay uh, compact, to stay tight, and to, to keep the ball out of the middle so Dallas couldn't attack through the middle and get their ball to their attackers that way. So they, they were really sending a lot of long balls. And uh, what ended up happening was Ferrer and Velasco were dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. And they still didn't have anywhere to go once they did get the ball. So it was, uh, you know, poor execution by FC Dallas, but also credit to Josh Wolf uh, for sort of bucking the trend or, or going against some of his own dogmatic style of being on the ball and just saying, hey, this is what's going to help us win this game. And if we execute, they're not going to have any answers to it. And they didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised how, how much Jesus Ferreira dropped down as him being the, the striker. Um, and, you know, it, to me, I, I, was, I was just surprised by that. I don't know. He was – I think he might – he was trying to do a little, little too more. I think once Franco Hara came in, you know, kind of you know helped him in a sense. But, yeah, it, it was going to be interesting, look, because LAC have a, have a three-headed monster. They have Dennis Buanga, they got Carlos Vela, um, and Chicho Rango, and – the last time these two clubs faced each other, they, they weren't clicking. They were still trying to figure out the, their front three. And I think going into this game, now that they know who the front three is, um, and, you know, these, these guys have, have built up their, the, the, the camaraderie a little bit. You know, Dennis Bongas had a couple clutch moments. I, I'm curious, uh, what, what are your thoughts on them? I know you, you, don't, you don't cover this, but what are your thoughts on, on Dennis Bonga, uh, Chicho Rongo, and that in the front three of LFC and how – potentially Austin FC could potentially limit them or how, how much do you think that they'll cause a trouble for Austin FC's back line? Yeah, I think that's the biggest, uh, the biggest part of the scouting report that, that Davey Arnaud, who, who does a lot of the, the opposite, the opposing team scouting for Austin FC. I think that's going to be probably, you know, pages one through five or however they, they do that is, is who is Dennis Bowanga and how do we stop him? Because He's been such a key piece to LAFC and what what they've done in, in some of these big moments, especially last week. And uh, I think that Austin FC players, he'll have their attention. Uh, it's just going to be a different game plan, a different model than I think that what Austin FC was able to do uh, at Q2 when they sort of sent those fullbacks high and forced, uh, kind of dared Gareth Bale and, and Carlos Vela to play defense right and that's not something you often see a lot from from those two and it, it i mean it definitely overworked uh lafc's back line and midfield because they were playing nine on 11 it felt like for a lot of that match and i don't think that's going to happen with Bulanga in there maybe maybe you have a different opinion on that but i think that austin fc's got to f- find a way to limit him and whether that's being on the ball and keeping the ball away from them or sort of doing what they did against FC Dallas and, and staying compact and trying to keep the ball out of those dangerous areas uh, and stop LAFC from sort of getting a quick counterattack or a pressing moment where, where all of a sudden you've got one of the most dangerous players in, in the league with the ball in space. I think those are the moments that Austin FC needs to avoid at all costs. And if if the cost is less possession, I, I think that they're going to be willing to – to make that trade. But uh, again, they've got to find a way to game plan and, and set the pace that they want in this match. And LAFC is going to be trying to do the same thing. So I think it, I mean, really Gio, I think this game comes down to who, to, to who scores the first goal. And, and I, I hate to oversimplify it that way, but that's kind of way the way that the, these, these matches between these two teams have felt to me is that Austin FC pinched the first goal. And, and that was kind of, that kind of decided the game. Yeah, it's interesting you said the first goal. I just, I, I, to me, it's like who scores the last goal, right? Uh, it, it, right. It's easier said than done, right? But I, I just, I, to me, I think, I think a little different. I think whoever scores a goal, the first goal. I think this is gonna be a close matchup. Let me just say this: it's probably gonna be a two-one or three-two or whatever. I think it's gonna be very close. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. 
Um, but I just, I just feel like it's going to be a lot closer um, than anything. It, it, look, these are two good teams. And kind of one thing you, you stood out, to, the stood out you, you mentioned about the possession. Look, LAFC, I'm um, looking at stats here versus LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy controlled the ball 61% yeah. of the time, 61% of the game. So, um, and look, Galaxy may have the best midfield in the league, in my opinion. But I think, I, I was, look, even going back to that matchup, I was very curious how, how LA, LAFC's uh, midfield would do. Um, you know, against Ricky Puj and all those guys. And I think it's shown that even though they only had 39% possession of the ball, they were still able to win. But you, the, the, the key you mentioned, right, to me, Dennis Buanga is a physical player. He, he'll, he'll drop down back in, in defense. He And he has a motor. He can go 90-plus minutes. And that, that's, that, that, to me, I think is the biggest thing. And one of the things that Austin's probably going to struggle is um, when you look at him and he starts to play, I think Austin FC players are going to realize how physical he really is um and how it's not that easy to take the ball away from him one once he's in a good position and he's he, to me he's just shown so much eliteness in the wing and to me anytime he has the ball in the wing he's, he's just a threat he's, he's just a threat i don't know if you saw his, his second goal he made that final run he made the the, the back the, the back post run and he, he got a tap in um so he, that, those are things that you know that that you know gareth bell was not doing because he, he's not in shape and all those things and i don't think you know, to Gareth Bell it, it fits in the system like the way Den- Dennis Bong has came in right away and it has an impact. And a player like Dennis Bong has already had two impactful games. He's had the he's had the um the goal against Portland Timbers and a brace against LA Galaxy. And those those two those things to me is uh is a that's a star, right? That that's a star has the capabilities of, be, of being a superstar. And I think that that will probably be the difference maker. And also. Steve Sharonolo last game subbed out Carlos Vela, I believe, in the 78th minute and brought in Mahala, who Mahala also has a motor. So when you, when you have two wing players that have a motor and then you have Chicho on the nine, and mm-hmm. if they're doing their job, I think that's where the problems could arise for Austin and that's where LAFC could potentially uh, have the edge. So be it. Yeah, and that's where Austin, I think, is going to have to go 15, 16 deep. Uh in this match just because and and i think it's going to be a big test of whether the depth that austin fc has added both through you know adding a player like emiliano Ragoni during the summer uh who's been playing quite a bit hasn't quite flashed yet if maybe this is the moment that that he flashes and sh- shows his talent finally gets a goal or assist that, that sort of changes the flow of things in the second half but they're gonna need those bodies, like you said, to deal with a guy like Buanga who's going to go 90 and deal with the guys that LAFC is able to bring off their bench. You know, Austin, a lot of times this year, has done double fullback subs. I wonder if we see that just to try and deal with the physicality there. Uh, you know, they've they've brought in Musajite at times or Maxi Aruti, Aruti vice versa to, to, you know, kind of shift things up and change the way they play on that front line. So I think it's going to be a real tactical battle and it just – depends on what the game state is that allows uh you know josh wolf to make those subs when he wants to or forces his hand and and vice versa with steve Trondolo. you know who's who's sort of dictating the pace of the game with the way that they set their team up and with the way that they make the subs uh and you know how how does the other the other person counter that i think it's i think it's going to be fascinating from that standpoint and also like austin fc doesn't want to get get caught in a one-on-one battle with lafc there's a lot of game winners in that team and austin fc has a few game winners but it's about the and josh wolf said this today in the press conference but i think he's right is that it's about the the collective effort and what Austin FC can accomplish, you know, one through 11 uh, on the field, that's going to determine whether they're going to be able to hang with, with LAFC. If all of a sudden they're in a wide open game and they're trying to rely on, you know, John, John Gallagher shutting down uh, Carlos Vela, for instance, one-on-one, that's going to be, that's going to be trouble, right? So how disciplined can they be in the game plan that they set out to do, I think is going to be the key for Austin FC, the way I see it. Yeah, no, you make good points. Uh, um, talk to me about Emiliano Raguni. Um, he's the, he was the, the you just mentioned he was a signing as he is DP and why hasn't he um 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I guess been the player that some expected to be, or is it? Is it? Is, is he still learning the system? Obviously, I, I don't know. Him. Educate us. Tell us about him. And yeah. Who, so he's a he's a DP winger. He came from um, Sao Paulo in Brazil. And the interesting thing about him is that he he got a really hot start at Sao Paulo last year, and then this season with a new coach uh, and a new system, he was not playing hardly at all for them. Um, and Austin FC was able to get him for about $4 million uh, out of Sao Paulo. And he, uh, because he hadn't played a lot and because the negotiation to get him here took a while. And then his, his green t- card took a while. It was a situation where he hadn't played really uh, significant game minutes in almost two months. And so they really did use those last few matches of the season. Uh, Josh Wolf said that, you know, it wasn't quite fair to him, but they were using some of those those game minutes that, that in, in matches that didn't necessarily matter in the standings. They were using those to get him, uh, you know, up to fitness and up to speed. And so I think that whatever version we expect, we'll know more about what kind of player I think Emiliano Argoni is at the beginning of next season, once he gets a full preseason under his belt, but he has shown flashes is he's an interesting player because he's, he's, he, he plays good service and he can do it with both feet. So he's, he, he likes to say that he's ambidextrous, uh, you know, can kick with his equally with his left and right foot. And he's comfortable crossing with both of them. Uh, we haven't really seen him take guys on one on one a whole lot, um, but he's got that capability as well. And it's just a matter of him being comfortable with the guys around him. And uh, there's there's also familiarity with him and Sebastian Drusi. They played together in Russia uh, at Zenit St. Petersburg, but we haven't really seen that duo really really mesh quite yet. So all those things are are a bit uh, of question marks, but I think that two of his best performances have actually been in the two playoff games. He came off the bench, played significant minutes, uh, actually earned the the penalty kick that got Austin FC. Or, yeah, that got Austin FC in extra time and eventually into penalty kicks. And then um, I thought he had a, he had a really good second half against FC Dallas that, you know, didn't ultimately result in any goals. And that's kind of been the thing. It's, it's like, he's, he's looked good in moments, but it hasn't really resulted in anything. Um, but he's a, he's a really interesting player and, and Austin FC paid good money for him. He's making almost as much in salary when the salary numbers came out as, as Sebastian Drusi is. And uh, they paid, like I said, $4 million for him. So there's big expectations for him, but right now he's kind of a luxury piece that they can bring off the bench in the playoffs. And, uh, I think I think they will need him to show up uh, in LA potentially. Yeah, you know, you're always interesting about that. It's like anytime we get uh, any any team in the league, it's a it's a player from South America or overseas or wherever. Like you know, there's there's instances like like right, like we're going to take some a little bit of time, but there's also other instances like Buanga that like right away or Ricky Puj. Like that that to me is always interesting. Like why do certain players click? sooner than other players is it because they're in form are they are they putting them the extra time before they get to the mls or you know that i think that that that's always interesting to me to see because you know we were also in la we also had players like right gareth bell everybody expected him to be you know right away and start in the front three obviously we know that's not the case we but we we know his resume with real madrid his champions league moments and stuff and i always find that very 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 interesting yeah, I think part of it with Austin FC, and we've seen this with several players. Like Johan Valencia is one of them. Uh, you know, some of the other guys that they've that they've brought in is that because Josh Wolf has such specific uh, asks of different guys at different positions, and the winger, you know, they they brought in another guy, Washington Caruso, who's not even really in the mix anymore. Um, you know, a Venez- uh, not Venezuelan, Ecuadorian player who was trying to break into their World Cup team, and he only played four or five matches with Austin, and he just wasn't up to the the you know defensive tasks that that Josh Wolf was asking of him. And so those are the kinds of things that I think take players a long time. And and I don't think Austin's the only team, and Josh Wolf's the only coach that's that way. But he really wants you to be doing all the things right in the system. Irregardless of how talented of a player you are, and then you know 
obviously with Sebastian Drusi, they were able to mold some of the things he does around the way that they play and sort of change things up a little bit. But it's got to be a really special case to be able to do that. And because Austin FC was already rolling, I don't think that they needed to to fit the system around Emiliano Argoni, right? It's like he has to do mm-hmm. his best Ethan Finley impression and then do some special things on top of it, which is a funny way to think about that. But really, that's kind of how Austin FC has tried to treat this thing is that, you know, Ethan Finley's doing that job uh, about as well as, as you can, you can ask. And uh, now Emiliano Ragoni's coming in clearly a more talented player, but how do you fit into the system? How do you, how do you continue to do the things in the press, you know, on defense in the structure that are going to make the team be successful overall. And that's kind of the interesting uh, balance that, that they've had to try to strike. Yeah, no, like I said, that that to me is always interesting because look, if you if you ask the defending, you're not defending. <laughs> you're definitely. I mean, similar to to the Gareth Bale, like he wasn't. I mean, he just wasn't in shape. He he just didn't look good in the system. Wasn't fit in the system. Um, you know, in Kumbawanga from from the get go, right? Uh, he was he was doing everything uh, that he was asked, and you know, scoring big goals and big moments. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned uh, Sebastian Jerusi. Let's let's talk to him. Uh, they haven't named it MVP, right? Or, or did I miss that? No, they haven't. They haven't. Okay, so so it has to be. I'm assuming it's going to be Jerusi at this point. Um, I don't think it about, is, Gio. I don't, don't think, think so? it is. is I think it it's going to end up being uh, Honey Mukhtar just because okay. vote, votes were due before they were due the day after decision day. And mm. I think at this point, I think everybody would want their votes back because Jerusi's been by far <laughs> the best player in the playoffs. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to end up winning the award. Uh, you you make a good point. That that is true. That is true. And Mukhtar got got knocked out and did not look good in, in the first round uh, against the LA Galaxy. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's, an, that's that's an interesting note. But let, let's let's talk. Look, he's an MVP candidate uh, as of now. Exactly. Let, yeah. let, 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 <laughs> let's go with that then. Let, let's let's talk about um, the year he's had. The things. Look, every, every, look. The the some the two games that I watched or the three games that I watched Austin FC, he always stood out to me. But he kept popping up in the, in the highlights uh, in the MLS page. Um, talk to me about the season that he had, the way he's been able to carry this team. Look, he's had uh, insane goals, like clutch goals this season. What what was different for him for this season, and why why did he stood out so much more this season? And uh, why did he have the season that he had this year? The dude's just really good at soccer. That's the <laughs> that's the first thing. The <laughs> He's just good. He's just He's good. Just, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But what's special about him, I think, is the way that he goes about uh, his business and putting his imprint on a game is it doesn't really matter what's going on around him. And that's why he's been able to rescue Austin FC on some of its worst performances and, and turn you know losses into draws and draws into wins is because uh, – he doesn't get lost in a match. Very rarely does he get lost in a match because he he defends. I mean, at a he he's he might be Austin's best defender. Is uh, you know I, I've heard mm, Josh right. Wolf and Vierarnod say that, and but I think it's I think it's true because he he puts more pressure on opponents than almost any star player in this league. Uh, you'll watch him at you know in the press, and when he's putting in that kind of effort, and I think he does it in training as well. What's your excuse, right? If the best player on your team is yep. is going and, and going into tackles and and you know running after every ball, then what's the excuse for everybody else who isn't as talented as he is? And then once he gets the ball, uh, he's just driving straight at straight at the heart of of defenses. Um, you know, I think that one thing that that I said early earlier this year was comparing Hani Mukhtar to. Uh, to uh, Sebastian Drusi is that you know Hani Mukhtar is is definitely a creator and attacker, but Sebastian Drusi is just a chaos agent, right? Like he just creates chaos no matter whether he's got the ball, no matter whether he doesn't have the ball. And uh, now at this point, I think he's got twenty five goals, uh, which which is more than anybody else in MLS uh, regular season and postseason. And he's done it in big moments. So I think 17, 17 of those goals have come with Austin either tra- uh, trailing or tied. Uh, so, like I said, he rec- rescues a lot of points, and uh, he he just he's just a competitor. He's he's a winner, and he's raised the standard at Austin FC from the moment he got there because 
the dude doesn't like to lose and <laughs> everybody, you know, nobody likes to lose, but when you've got yeah. the, the, lead, the team that, that kind of sets that tone day in and day out, I think, I think it really has filtered through the group and he's a really likable guy too. That's the other thing is that uh, he's got to, like, he's got this weird fascination with John Gallagher, which is just like a funny relationship to watch play out like in training and stuff. And uh, like, those are guys that, you know, one's from, uh, Ireland and the others from Argentina and they don't speak the same language, but they just kind of, he just, he just kind of finds these little ways to connect with guys throughout the roster. And I think that they really appreciate him for that too. Yeah. And those are things that, you know, if you're the star player, that that's, that's, that's the type of star player that you, that, that you want on your team. You know, it's interesting that you say, uh, that he defends because obviously I, I'm not, I'm not on the beat like you are with the team, but it's just that that's not what I think of when I, when I think about Sebastian Jerusi, I don't, not saying that I, that he does an offense to me it's just like this guy is just always scoring goals he was always scoring goals this season he was always on a highlight reel if Austin was doing something amazing and he's had he's had clutch moments he you know I recall he had a, he, I don't recall how many goals he scored in that 4-1 game uh he had a he had a goal in that game and you know he had a goal what did he have a goal in the RSL game and then I think he had a goal in the last game and to me like when when a player is doing that he's having goals and big moments look it's exciting to watch. Uh, like, like he reminds me like similar to like Carlos Vela has having big, big, big. He's had big goals and big moments. Uh, I would another player I put in that category. Emmanuel uh, uh, Reynoso from uh, Minnesota United. Like, I, to, to me, he's he's also fun to watch. And uh, Hany Mukhtar, he's also fun to watch. And the, the, right, those creative players that that, that played and then in the center attacking role, like they 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 do so much for their team that. You just mentioned that they defend that it doesn't even click, and that that's something I'm gonna look forward to. I'm gonna pay attention now that you mentioned it uh, to see how much he defends because all all was just thinking is offense, and and I'm glad, and I'm glad you you, you brought up brought that point because those are things that you see from you know superstar players that they make the game look a lot easier than what it is because of everything they're doing, and sometimes because they're that good, they're that talented. Um, it kind of overlooks because, you know, sometimes when you look at superstar, you look at a player like, oh, yeah, he should be doing that. Or, yeah, he should always have the ball on his feet. But, but you don't realize the amount of work he's actually putting in and doing all that. But that, that's something uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to pay attention to this Sunday. Um, let, let's let's talk about Finley. You mentioned uh, Finley. Um, tell, talk to me a little bit more about him uh, and then Fungundas um, because of uh, how they play on the wing and, and what you've liked from them this season and uh, how you potentially they can break down this LAFC uh, defense. Yeah, well, Austin FC's got going on with it, which I think that they developed early on after, uh, of course, the Cecilia Dominguez uh, went out from this team early on with the, the uh, domestic violence troubles and eventually was, was uh, you know, they, they mutually parted ways uh, at a point earlier this season. And, but that led early on to Diego Fugunas being on the, star, the starter on the left, uh, Ethan Finley on the right. Um, and what's interesting about that is that Diego Fugunas, he's really interchangeable with Sebastian Drusi. You'll see a lot of times where Drusi is playing on the wing and Diego Fugunas is, is tucked inside and more playing in the midfield. And those two have such a good connection that they're, they're able to do that pretty seamlessly. And then on the right, you know, Ethan Finley is more of an out and out winger and is sort of driving at that, that left back and, and, and creating, trying to create space on the field with with those more traditional runs down down the uh down the sidelines and uh with with nick lima overlapping with him and so what you've got is like speed on the right and more finesse and and a lot of more the more creative attacking moves will come down the left and so that's that's what's interesting to watch about those two and diego fagundes you can there's so much you can say about him but what the thing i that's really stood out for me that I didn't notice from him as much when he was in New England, uh, because I don't think he was given a chance to do it, is just how smart of a soccer player he is. And the, some of the moves that he makes and the way that he plays off of Maxi Ruti and and uh and Sebastian Drusi is is really a joy to watch at times. And and he's also a really hard worker, but uh just his soccer IQ I think is is number one for me. I think that also from Diego Fungundes, he had the he was the one that scored the the free kick goal, right? He was the one that scored the the first goal in that game in Austin. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That was the that was that was the opener, and uh, he also scored against LAFC at the at Bank of California on that beautiful Rabona assist from from Sebastian Drusi. Oh well. my goodness, I do remember that. That that yeah. that that was, that was a fifth 
filthy assist. I, I remember watching <laughs> yeah. that. I, I, that yeah. That's when that's when like Giroud because Jerusi assisted right, that right. That that's when I was like, oh damn, this this guy. That's, that's when Jerusi. That's the kind of stuff that he'll he'll pull off in games, and you're like, is he just showing off? And that's also what sparked, if you remember, I, this is what I forgot. That's what sparked the fight. Uh, I think it uh, at uh, Q2 is when he did the Rabona, uh, like a cross field Rabona that really didn't do much. It just kind of set, it kind of opened the field, and and uh, it was Maxi Ruti chasing after it, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what that's what set off the fight because it really pissed off the LFC players that he just <laughs> straight up did a Rabona in their face for no reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's going to be inter- hey, if a Rabona happens, you could ex- you could pot- we could probably potentially expect a, a slight tackle or or yellow card coming because <laughs> yeah, add that to the bingo card is the Sebastian Drusi Rabona just for the hell of it, just to remind them. <laughs> add a Rabona and add a yellow card or, or a tackle or a little scuffle there because yeah, <laughs> if history repeats itself, yeah, it's going to be very very interesting. Um, let, let's talk about this. Look, um, this was a big thing on Twitter this week. Your, you guys' owner um, <laughs> tweeted a laminate. We have to talk about it. There's no way I'm, ask, I'm not asking you about this. Look, let, I did not know this was a big thing with, with Austin uh, FC about the, you know, the MLS experts, quote unquote. Um, the prediction, and it seems like this is a motivating thing for, 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 for Austin, right? Like, I did not know how big of a, a thing it was for you guys. To me, I've kind of spoken on it. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a little goofy because they're just predictions, right? But it seems like it's a lot more for for Austin FC fans, for for the owner, right, to go ahead and laminate that and be a sticking point for them. So talk to me about why why this is a motivating factor and why this is more than just um, more <laughs> than just anything. Because to me, all I've known was like Austin FC. This is all I've known. Austin FC was not good last season. Austin FC wanted to move on from Josh Wolf. And then this season, so everybody's surprised. I think they're good, right? So talk to me about what happened and why Why is that such a big thing? Why was that such a big thing on Twitter from, from your eyes? That's, I mean, that's what's stupid about this whole conversation, right? Is that there was no reason why anybody should have predicted that Austin FC would finish above maybe 7th or 8th in the Western Conference. Just based on what do you want us to go off of? Or, you know, what do you want? those people to go off of is like last last year's results is pretty much all you have plus you know whatever offseason signings they made and they didn't really make too many marquee uh signings so you were just kind of betting on josh wolf and and sebastian jersey to figure this thing out and that's exactly what happened and uh i think they've exceeded all expectations but it shouldn't surprise anybody that uh, the fact that this is still circulating and this is still a thing is largely because of felipe martins and that <laughs> is the most okay, so- thing thing that has possibly happened because he just keeps he keeps bringing it up he keeps tweeting about it he uh he's the one who laminated the 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 things and kind of put them around the facility and uh you know that's just felipe man he he finds something that's gonna drive people up a wall and it's it's driving everybody now it's mls writers on twitter uh austin fc fans who are watching their owner owner get kind of dragged on twitter and and uh, <laughs> You know, it's just everybody, everybody's going after this thing and it's still a talking point. And the best thing about it is, I think for Austin FC is that it's taking the attention away from anything else, right? It's just kind of like this sideshow thing that doesn't have anything to do with, with soccer. And that's exactly what what you want to, to be happening, I think, when you're trying to make a, a high pressure playoff run. Anyway, it's just, uh, it's kind of annoyed me that it's been dragged on for this long, but it's it's kind of fun at this point. Uh, I've, I've okay, joked so, that I've joked that I need to find a good laminator around Austin because there's somebody, <laughs> somebody who's somebody who's got that market cornered at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like. I didn't. Okay, so that makes sense that that Felipe Martins uh, was 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 pushing this thing because to me this is like the first week I've heard of of all of this, and then I just I just found it kind of. I was like, why is this such a big thing? Why is this such a motivating thing for for Austin? Like, well, there was the now, video. I don't know if you saw the video that came out where Josh. No, was no, no. Holding, he was like holding the piece of paper. It was like a, a video that the. the social media team had taken back in like February and, and they had held on to it. And then when Austin FC qualified for the playoffs, they like put it in black and white and made it like the lead of this video that was like Josh Wolf, like saying, these are 
you know, these, this is what people think of us uh, in the preseason. And so it was an actual thing that they had, they had looked at in the preseason and that had been a motivating factor for them at the beginning of the year. But it's just kind of funny that the social media team putting out a video has like brought it to light and made it a thing late in the season when I don't think that, I mean, I think it's been fun for guys like Felipe and, and Mm -hmm. when it came out, I think Josh Wolf was having some fun with it too, but it really was a thing that was like more of like a February motivating factor. And now they're like, Oh yeah, you guys, you guys doubted us. Look what happens. And, and, you know, you never should have doubted us when really like, if you think about it ever, like there was no reason why they, they, that, that Austin, Austin had to prove. And I said this all preseason as well. I was like, Austin has to prove it. I think there's a lot of interesting things happening with this team, but they're going to have to come out and prove it. And that's, what's fun about sports is that they were able to come out and do it and prove it. Yeah, no, and I, to be honest, and I think that's what makes it, makes things things like that things that you know now that I know more. I think it makes it fun, and, and it's a way that fans can engage, right? Whether whether you support it, you against it, or whatever. And I, and I think just 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 that that storyline to me is pretty is pretty cool. Look, obviously, no one no one expected anything, and Austin look at making it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen Sunday, right? We'll see what happens Sunday. But yeah, they they they've definitely. Uh, at least to me, and I think at least to to, uh, to the MLS, they, they've proven it. They they are they're for real, right? Look, right, what they've done this season, the beating LFC twice. Uh, to me, that's that stood out uh, pretty big for me, and everything they've that they've done, and they you know they've turned around this club within a year has been, been remarkable. And look, and if they look, if they if that's their way of getting motivation, is it, predictions. You know, I I would just if I was uh, on that PR team or on that uh, or that. Um, who worked for Austin FC? I would just tell Josh Wolf that, that they predicted that next year that they were they predicted that they were tenth to give them that motivation because <laughs> it, it seems to work, you know. It seems it seems to work, you know. And sometimes that's what you need as a team. You just need any like anything to motivate you, right? Even that, even if it is a little this, goofy. That's why this team struggled so much at the end of the end of the regular season because they'd spent all season looking for these little things and these, uh, you know trying to sort of prove people wrong and all of a sudden they you know once they beat lafc at home and and uh sort of prove themselves as legitimate mls cup contenders they're sitting second in the west there's really nowhere for them to go up or down they 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 had that string of bad results remember and i think it was just because they didn't have there wasn't like that outside motivating factor which is in one hand, it's kind of concerning. It's like, why can't you guys just get up for a regular game? On the other hand, it was like, well, I think when the playoff lights come on, I think that the you know once the motivation comes back, I think that problem will kind of solve itself. And it took a little bit in the RSL match for them to reach at that speed, but that's exactly what's happened at this point. Is that now they're back in this this mood of we're gonna go prove the world, you know, we're gonna it's it's us against the world, right? And mm-hmm. that's. That's why you got. That's why you bring guys like Felipe Martins into a team, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, all, it's, it's always going to be it, Felipe against the world, man. Hey, if he's doing that, he should definitely continue doing that. Look, it's looking like looks like it's working for 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 Austin FC and what they've done this season. Look, as as crazy as it may sound or whatever, that's what's motivate them. Hey, put that all over the locker room or whatever. I'm pretty sure, like you said, they there's cards all. all all over the place, but look, it, it seems to work. It's working. Um, you know, why, why else would you, would you go away from, from that thing that, that keeps motivating? And, you know, obviously, you know, they, they definitely want to prove it, prove it to themselves uh, as well. But yeah, let, look, let's, let's finish off with this. Obviously big game Sunday. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, talk to me about how you see uh, uh, Austin winning this game. Give me a score prediction um, and who's scoring those goals. Yeah, I think if Austin FC wins, it's a similar formula what, to what they did to LFC the first couple of times. It's it's something like a set piece goal, uh, and and then you know being able to continue to control the game and uh, play it at the pace that they want to. And if they don't, I think it's just because there's too many match winners in LAFC and and they got kind of stretched in a couple mom- moments, right? So I think that like. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tight match. I haven't put any predictions really out there yet. And 
I, I'm kind of hesitant to do so. Because hey, we got, I'm putting you on the spot. I'm putting you on I, the spot. Okay, okay. So this will be the first one. <laughs> there we go. Breaking I, news. Breaking news. I think, it's, I think it goes into extra time. And uh, I think that, man, I'm just going to say I think Austin runs out of steam. I think LAFC takes it like 3-2 or something like that in extra time just with the crowd, with the home field advantage, and with having so many guys that they can bring off the bench. But – I'm always happy to be proven wrong on that. I just, I just, I think, I think it's tight. I think it gets to extra time, and I think the home crowd and and all the you know the pressure that LAFC or the 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 vibes that LAFC is on kind of carry them over the top. Yeah, no, uh, no, I appreciate you know doing doing the prediction, and obviously you know, I I think too. I think I think LAFC um, they just have too many weapons, and I think uh, beating a team twice is hard enough in a year. Even look, look. By the way, Austin is very capable of beating LAFC, um, but I think trying to beat a three a team three times in a year is is a lot harder. It's a lot more difficult. I think the stakes are a lot more. And I think to me, the 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 key matchup is, is going to be uh, Denis Boanga. He, he's just showing mm-hmm. it. I I think Austin is really going to struggle with him, um, what he does. But even if you shut down. Denise Buanga, you still got Chicho, you still got Vela, and then you got Mahala uh, off the bench, who has who has another motor, um, and I think that that's the reason why LAFC and the two also LAFC stacked. They're just they're just a lot deeper, but I, I still see this being being a close game. Like I said, two one, uh, potentially three one or three two, um, but then nevertheless, we'll, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Is going to be a big matchup. Oh, one more thing. How how is it is it is it going to be a big uh I'm assuming Austin and C obviously are traveling. Uh do you know how many fans are traveling? Do we know any of the tickets or anything like that? I think they sold out. Uh somebody correct me here, but I think it's 250-ish, maybe a little bit higher than that. Uh they sold out whatever allotment LAFC gave to them and I think there's other fans that are going to be trying to make the trip and and buying off the secondary market, which I haven't looked at those prices. I assume that they're they're pretty high, uh, but I think there's going to be Verde around around downtown LA for sure. Even if it's just to be there uh, in the city to to you know to take it all in, which kind of reminds me of the the first ever Austin FC match when people were sort of heading out there on spec, not even knowing they're going to be able to get in the stadium because of COVID. I don't know if you remember all that stuff. That yeah, yeah, I remember. I was at the game. Yeah, I remember that. Look, I, the two times that Austin has been at. Uh, at the Bank of California, they've they've always their, their fans have always showed up, uh, and I think that's the same allotment you said two fifty. I think that's the same or similar allotment they, they can give the LA Galaxy. So, um, yeah, you, they can definitely pack up that section, and it's gonna be interesting. I think that that's what's one of the things that's amazing about them is how the the fan bases and everything they're growing, the supporters are starting to travel and everything like that. And look, it's a big matchup. You know, I, I think this is this is the the big the biggest game this weekend. Uh, when it comes to soccer, when it comes to MLS, yeah, she's still got the other side of the Eastern Conference. But to me, I think a lot everybody's going to be tuning into this one. Um, it's exciting, man. So, yeah, Chris, I appreciate you for hopping on. I appreciate, look, everybody that, that tuned in and listened. And I'll see you this weekend, my brother. Yeah, that sounds good. Maybe we need to make some plans since we got the, the evening for you on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, since we got I – didn't, I didn't even realize. I See, see, you think ahead. I was just think I'm so used to just, like, planning – planning the game and then but you're right i do have the rest of the day because usually like the game will finish around like two two like well the game goes for two three hours or whatever with the press and everything press calls or anything yeah we we now we have the rest of the day so we'll, we'll figure out what we do with the extra time all right man sounds good <laughs> see ya see you right, this Chris. weekend sounds good all right thanks thanks for everybody tuning in